are back. Transfer Hub is back up and running January 2024. The first player has been linked with a move to Aston Villa. Welcome to our show today. There may be more, there may not be. Uh, there definitely will be one tonight. Predicted lineup is dropping with me and Hannah, so stay tuned for that. But like the last couple of episodes, they've gone down very, very well. Uh, the intro for the last one went down very, very well. Uh, so cheers, everyone who's been watching and enjoying the content and liking and sharing and subscribing. It's been really appreciated for myself. You know, I'm here to have a little bit of fun with things as well. So up the villa. So we are linked with Marcus Acuna. Again, this is coming from, we've got the source of ORTSSVQ. Um, so I imagine that's on the Seville side of things. So we're going to do a player profile on Marcus Acuna. So I'm going to be honest, like I always am, I will give my honest thoughts where I feel like they could set, settle in. Are they something that we should be looking at? Do I feel like it's a good transfer? I'll give my honest, honest vibe. So we'll start it off then with the player profile. So we'll kick off with the player profile of Marcus Acuna. We'll get the numbers. We'll find out how he's been doing. We'll have a look at his stats. And then we'll look at the Aston Villa side of things. And then we've got a new badge leaked. Yes, a new badge. Right. So if you haven't seen it, I'll be sharing that with you in a second as well. Um, I did put it in our community hub yesterday. So I think quite a lot of you have seen it. But if you haven't, then um, I'll show it you on the screen in a minute. So Marcus Acuna then. So we've got La Liga this season. He's got a 6.83 rating coming to form recently against Villarreal. 32 years of age, left-footed. Uh, market value on sofa score is around 5.4 million euros. You can see his heat map predominantly as a left-back inside his own half, but does venture forward. He's played eight matches this season. He started seven, averaged 57 minutes per game. We have no goals and no assists, which is a little bit of a worry. But I think what I'm going to get into of, of the profile of Acuna as, as a player should be quite telling with the, the tackling stats and his passing stats should be quite high. So let's have a look. So he's averaging 49 touches per game, 84% passing accuracy, 89% in his own half. We have got interceptions per game, 0.5. We've got tackles per game, 1.5. Ball recoveries per game, 4.9, which is quite high. Successful dribbles, we've got 80%. Total duels won, 70%. And ground duels won, 73%. And aerial duels won, 64%. So you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out what Acuna's game is based upon. It's based upon just being an absolute rock solid brick wall, wrecking ball, little bit like John McGinn, very strong, low center of gravity, got a tackle on him, defensive side of things, absolutely 
brilliant. So I would say, you know, yes, 32. For a defensive left back, he's unbelievable. But for the attacking side of things, we can see from the numbers this season that they are not so great. I'm going to take you back to the last game that I watched of Acuna. And that would have been around the time that we were going to sign him last season. So it was the Super Cup final. Now, we were linked to him at the time. And we were all thinking, oh my God, is he, why is he playing in this game if we're going to sign him? And I think he got injured after this game or during this game. But he was absolutely sensational in this game. He was up and down. He was a massive threat to Man City. He assisted for their goal, which was an absolute sublime cross from quite deep inside his own half. It was absolutely brilliant. And he was he was fantastic in that game. And I remember thinking, you know what? If, if that's the player we're getting, then I'm all for it. He stats in this game. He got an assist. His accuracy per game was 74% in his own half, 93%. we would got successful dribbles, 100%. Duels won 75 Ground duels, 75 So, you know, the makeup of his, of his defensive work is, is brilliant. Transfer market evaluating him at £6 million. And then again, if we have a quick look at his stats per 90. What's he doing there? If we've got his stats per 90, and I think we can see here, Tackles, 5.56 per 90. Aerials, 1.30 per 90. So those are quite high. They're long green bars. We've got progressive passes received, 3.99. So he's getting into some advanced areas. And then progressive passes of 4.64. We've got passes attempt, 57.51. Shot creating actions, 2.63. We have got assists 0.10, which is quite low. So where am I at and where am I at with this rumour then? Um, I'm not sure on it if, if I'm going to be brutally, brutally honest. I, I think it's an area that we, we don't really need to strengthen. I, I, viewers will remember me saying yesterday or a couple of days ago that we've got two left backs fighting it out for a position which is great healthy competition we know last season that Emery played both left backs in the same game he would have just rotated one would have played 60 they would have played 40 switched them around and that's what was happening a lot last season this season Luca Dean has been heavily involved because of Moreno's injury and it's brought out the best football in Luca Dean that we've seen but we knew in the summer that Luca Dean was very close to leaving Aston Villa and being replaced by Marcus Acuna. Caveat this with Luca Dean's wages, he's one of the highest paid players Aston Villa. Do Aston Villa want to get Luca Dean off the wages, which will free up more space for other players? Potentially, because that's what it looked like what was going to happen in the summer. But Luca Dean's playing so well and doing so well, do we want him to leave? I, I don't think we do, no. And then when you look at this graphic now and you're thinking, we've got Moreno, we've got Luca Dean, you're bringing in another left back. What, what, what's going to happen here? Does it mean that one is going to play further forward, which I've seen people mention before, but I just don't buy, I just don't buy that, that, that sense side of things. I, I think these three players play predominantly in that left back position. I can't ever imagine any one of these going in, into that area. So 
I would say if we are looking at bringing one in, then one of them will leave. I think that that's the only way I can see this transfer making sense. Um, and yeah, I just don't feel like this position is sort of like a locked down necessity in this window. I think there's other areas that need to be looked at. But what we do know is that Unai Emery is here for the long term. So if he has to make decisions based on the squad, etc., then he will make them. So I think it's one thing to keep an eye on. Maybe it was just a link from the summer that's filtered through to January. I don't know. But, you know, we've been linked with Marcus Acuna again. So Villa fans, let me know your thoughts on Marcus Acuna coming back to, well, coming to Aston Villa. Right. Yesterday, we had Badgegate again. I'm fed up of Badgegate. And hopefully, this is going to be the last of it. Tell you the backstory of the badge, uh, and then we'll go from there. So we knew last season we were getting a complete rebrand. We were getting a brand new round badge that we all voted for. We went through a voting process of what we wanted. We came with two ideas. We had to vote on two ideas. We voted for the round badge. Me and Justin went to Villa Park for the kit launch of the home kit. And just before it dropped, there was a lot of noise around Chris Heck. Chris Heck not liking the badge and not feeling like it fills Villa's identity. So the noise was surrounding that was we was going to have a new, another new badge because we didn't like the current badge that we got. And this came all about, everybody sort of knew about it. And then we had Chris Heck's uh, video a couple of weeks ago saying that we were going to have a new badge. Now, we have voted on the badge. They have The club have sent a questionnaire out to Villa fans to vote what they want to see in a badge. So what else has come from that is that the fan advisory board have gone to the FA and said that Villa haven't consulted the fans regarding this badge. Now, it's all a big mess. They have consulted the fans because we have had a questionnaire. So I don't know whether Villa feel like they've done their part and that's enough to consult the fans. But yesterday, some Villa spy, some Villa eagle-eyed spy, had noticed that on, I think it was the 20th or the 21st of December, Villa had trademarked a badge online with different colours. And this is the badge that has been trademarked by Aston Villa. Now, it, it might not be officially the badge. It may be just a leak, but this is what we have in front of us of the badge. So I'd love you to share your thoughts in the comment section down below. Um, from the 150 years badge that I said I didn't like, I think I had low, low hopes for what this badge could look like. And I don't think it's as bad as what I thought the badge was going to look like. So I don't know whether that has clouded my judgment somewhat, but I don't hate it. Um, I think it's okay. Um, I don't mind it. I think it's all right. I think the Villa part it should have been at the top, maybe. 
uh, and the font not be so curved. But let me know your thoughts in the comment section down below. And then finally, a little bit of news on Cameron Archer. Again, I'd like to get your thoughts on the Cameron Archer news. Because I was always under the assumption that if Sheffield were relegated, Villa would be buying Cameron Archer back. So it would effectively be, we've sold Archer, but it would be effectively be, we've really loaned him and we're going to buy him back if they get relegated. Now, a source on the uh, Sheffield United side of things have tried to clarify the deal. So... But this kind of backs up my thought process anyway. So I'd love to know what you thought of the, the Archer deal. Um, but he has said, it's Jimmy Ramble on YouTube, has said, let's clarify the Cameron Archer deal. He's our player. We've signed him. That's why he was able to play against Villa earlier in the season. It's not alone. If we stay up, we pay the second instalment of the fee to Villa. They retain a buyback option throughout his contract. If we're relegated this season, Villa are obligated to buy him back for a set price. No choice, no negotiation. Contracts has already been drawn up. We can't renegotiate it, I've asked. Hope that answers any confusion. That kind of summarises where I am with Archer and what I thought was happening. That I thought we were going to buy him back anyway if they, if they got relegated. So let me know what your thoughts are on the Cameron Archer. We've got a lot. We've gone through quite a lot. We've gone through Acuna. We've gone through the badge. We've gone through a little bit of Cameron Archer news. Finazaz looks like he's going to Middlesbrough as well for 2.5 million. Again, I think that is really good business from Villa. Um, I think Azaz has done really, really well for uh Plymouth. He's done well on all of his all of his loans that he's been on. I think he's a really good midfielder for the for the lower leagues i think he's you know a, i think i think he's a i think he's a good player i think he's he scores goals he scores really good goals to be fair um and i think i think he'll do i think he'll do well in the championship i think i think that's that's his level um you know and again i see i see a, a bit of like we shouldn't be letting him go are we going to have a buyback and i think you got to look at it in in, in this way as well Finazaz is 23. Douglas Louise is 25. You know, I think that's where I think that's where we are at the minute. You know, we I, I was never under the illusion that Finazaz was gonna make into Villa's first team. I, I just I just wasn't. So I think it's a great deal. I think Villa have played the Academy well. I think we've played buying a player from West Brom, sending him out on loan, getting a fee from that player. I think we got him for free as well. So you know, it's all different ways of Villa being able to work FFP and just make this Villa juggernaut start working. You know, I see comments in our comment section of fans saying, like, Emery doesn't want to play youth. Emery doesn't want to, you know, play this player. You know, why aren't we playing any youth players? And it simply boils down to one point. If they are good enough... They will play. That is as simple as it gets. If the youngsters are not good enough, they will not play. And that is where we're at. We're sitting second in the Premier League. We've got aspirations of getting into the Champions League. 
we're not just going to chuck a kid on just for the sake of playing a kid or a youngster or someone from the academy. If they are good enough, they will play. If not, that tells you all you need to know. So, yes, you'll never know whether they're good enough until they get a chance anyway. But that's why you send them on loan and that's why you have the, you know, you're working with these players, send them to a championship, see how they do. Look how many times now we're doing this. So we're doing this with Bogard. So we send them to League One or League Two. We recall them in January. We send them to the league above. We're still looking after that player with player welfare and managing their career by sending them to all these different loans. So... It's all about, yeah, if they are absolutely unreal going through the different level and the different tiers, then they're good enough, aren't they? You know, it's when when we're sending some of these players like to, say, Stockport, you know, Louis Barry at Stockport, he's not going to bag goals at Stockport and then come straight back to Villa's first team. He's then going to have to close that gap and go League One, Championship, Championship, do well in Championship, and then Premier League. You know, so that that's where I am with with, with youth and that. You know, we all want to see youth come through, but they've got to be at the look at where we are. You know, you know, we we had fans slating Telemans because he was absolutely apparently he was absolutely useless when he first come. You know, look look how look how um, look how. Like I'd say, like thorough and strict Villa fans are when we when we are looking at players that play for us on on and how we rate their performances, like how we rate Zaniolo or how we rate Duran. You know, imagine that. Imagine doing that to like an eighteen-year-old. Like, you know, they, they've got to be at the highest level to make Aston Villa's team, and. That, that's where I am, and we we got we we're looking we're looking for the best here, and if they're not ready, they can't play. So that's just where I am. If you're not there, if you want to see loads of kids come through and start playing and that, then I just don't think it's going to happen. But anyway, we've got through a lot. Uh, we've we've done a lot on this episode. Maybe another one if another rumor drops today. Um, but yeah, cheers everyone. We've got the Middlesbrough. Match preview that's out, that dropped last night. Opposition preview is sitting in the bag. We got that one dropping on Friday morning. So loads of content up the villa.